wish for wings, a story suggested by Hudefa and Hannah. Hudefa and Hannah raced across their favourite meadow, the grass flying swiftly beneath their hooves. A silver fire spread around Hannah as she began to draw quickly away, leaving Hudefa behind. That's not fair, said Hudefa. You always use magic to beat me. But you are bigger and stronger than I am, said Hannah, and that's not fair either. Hodefa stopped and began to walk slowly towards the river in the bottom of the shallow valley. There were trees lining each bank, and once inside them he knew that all he would hear would be the sounds of the free birds and the ripples of the water trickling over stepping stones. It was a place where he could forget Hannah and the way she always used her magic to win. As Udefa walked, the sun shone down on him and was absorbed by his night-black coat. There were tiny patches where silver hair grew, making him appear like a moving piece of starry night. His muscles were strong and never tiring, and they rippled under the surface as he walked. Hannah slowed down and trotted back to join him. I'm sorry, she said, but you're such a fine black stallion that it's the only way I can keep up. I'm surprised you can't fly with all your magic, snorted Hudefa. Anna shook her brilliant silver spiral unicorn horn at him. You know that's the one thing I can't do, she said, so don't tease. Let's have a drink at the river and I'll race you back up the meadow. No magic, said Udefa. No magic, agreed Hannah. At the water's edge it was silent, except for the rippling of the slow river and the tremble of the birdsong. They admired each other's reflections in the still pool from which they liked to drink. Udefa could see what a fine white unicorn Hannah was, and could not help but admire the beautiful silver horn that stood straight out from her forehead. She bent forwards, and her horn touched the surface of the water, where a soft, shimmering glow spread from it. Odefa dipped his head and drank from the pool. The water was just the right temperature, and tasted faintly of fresh apples. All right, laughed Odefa. I agree. Magic can be useful. Sometimes. Suddenly, the ground beneath their hooves began to shake and shudder, so much that Hudefa and Hannah almost lost their balance. From beyond the trees came a loud roar. What was that? asked Hudefa, still trembling. Let's find out, said Hannah, already setting off across the meadow. Hudefa caught up with her, and together they flew like the wind through the tall grass, the long stalks waving and bending with them as they passed. Hudefa drew ahead of Hannah as they crested the ridge beyond which the meadow sloped away towards the forest. He turned his head to shout, No magic, remember? When suddenly the ground opened beneath his feet. As Hannah came over the ridge, she too was unable to stop, and they cascaded downwards like falling autumn leaves, twisting and turning into the huge hole that had appeared in the meadow. 
Down and down they fell, bumping and twisting from the sides until, bruised and battered, they came to rest on a solid floor. Hannah shook herself and climbed unsteadily to her feet. When she looked up, she could see daylight at the top of the huge hole down which they had fallen, but it was so far away she knew she could never reach it with or without magic. Udefa lay still where he had fallen. His breathing was quick and sharp, like someone in great pain. What is it, Hudefa? My, my leg, I think. It's broken, he gasped. Let me look, said Hannah. She closed her eyes and concentrated really hard on her magic until her horn began to glow. Just a tip at first, and it spread all the way along until there was a large pool of silver light around them. She bent to examine Hudefa's leg. It lay crumpled beneath him at a strange angle, and she could see at once that he was right. "'You'll have to find your way back without me,' said Hudefa. "'Don't be silly,' said Hannah. "'There is a way I can help, but there is a problem. "'If I use my magic to heal your leg, "'some of it will stay with you for a while, "'perhaps long enough to grant you three wishes.' "'Then we'll be even,' said Hudefa, and you won't be able to beat me any more. Just remember, said Hannah, bending to touch his broken leg with her horn. Magic can be a dangerous thing. You have to promise me to be very, very careful until it wears off. From Hannah's horn there came a strange silver fire. It crackled and sparkled as it covered Hudefa's leg and moved around him, healing and mending. Try that, said Hannah. Hudefa struggled to his feet and tested his leg by tapping his hoof on the floor. That's fine, he said. Thank you for the magic. I wish... No, you don't, said Hannah quickly. Don't wish for anything until it wears off. You never know what you might get. Hudefa tapped his hooves in frustration. He had never felt so good before, so alive and as swift as the wind. "'Where are we?' he asked, anxious to be off. "'I don't know,' said Hannah. "'But it appears to be a tunnel of some kind. "'I don't know what these are.' "'And she tapped steel rails on the floor with her hoof. "'Listen!' Hodefa turned his head to hear better. "'There's something coming. I can hear it snorting. "'And from one end of the tunnel they could hear the snorting and panting "'of a very large, heavy creature.' The sound came rapidly closer, until, in the light from Hannah's horn, they could see it. It filled the tunnel from side to side and from top to bottom. There was a glow of fire surrounding it, and it was belching smoke so thick and so black that Hudefa thought it must choke itself. "'Run!' shouted Hannah, and together they galloped into the darkness away from the approaching creature. They ran and ran as fast as they could, but the creature followed them effortlessly and tirelessly along the tunnel. The light from Hannah's horn shone before them, lighting their way in the deep blackness until they rounded a bend, and there before them was daylight. They sped from the end of the tunnel into bright sunlight and jumped from the rails into a river that ran beside the tracks as the creatures sped past them, still belching smoke from a round chimney at the front. The creature was long and was made of connected pieces of wheels that rattled past them on the rails. 
they stood in the shallow water and watched it rattle away while drinking and catching their breath. What, what was that? panted Hudefa. I don't know, said Hannah. Hudefa took a long drink from the river, then shook his head and said, Why didn't you use your magic to stop it? Hannah trotted out of the stream to examine the tracks. Because once you've used it, it takes time for the magic to recover before you can use it again, she said. I wish... No, you don't, said Hannah. Hudefa trotted out of the water to join her, and they looked around. The grass in which they stood was as tall as their shoulders. They stopped to sniff the scent of a flower with a head as large as their own. The trees were tall enough to almost blot out the sun that shone fiercely down upon them. The stepping stones in the river were huge boulders, ten times the size of the ones in the stream by the meadow where they lived. Back on the track, it took Hodefa four big strides to cross the gap between the rails. Come off there, said Hannah, in case the creature comes back. Together, they trotted off along the open space beside the rails, moving away from the tunnel to see if they could find somewhere they recognised. In the distance they could see a tall structure with pointed roofs and towers, and the flat ground on which they walked seemed to be leading towards it. They walked on and on in the hot sun until Hadefa felt that a shadow had passed over them. He looked up, but could see nothing except the brightness of the sun, and what might have been a bird, high up in the sky. On and on they walked, but the towers seemed to come no closer. "'Look out!' shouted Hannah, as another creature came hurtling from behind them, belching huge, billowing clouds of black smoke. Sparks and steam shot out beneath its wheels, and the horses jumped aside as it screeched past. Through the gaps between the wheels, Hudefa could see Hannah at the other side of the tracks where she had jumped. Above them, the sky turned black as an enormous bird shape swooped down and plucked Hannah from the ground in its claws. With vast sweeps of its silver-red scaly wings, the creature carried her off into the sky, towards the towers in the distance. "'Help!' she cried. "'Hudefa!' but Hodefa could only watch as the dragon carried her away. The creature on the rails continued to rattle past in the same direction. Hodefa saw that the last part of it was a flat truck with a wooden floor. He galloped as fast as he could alongside it, then with the last of his strength he jumped up and landed safely on it. He stood there, feeling a great sadness as the wind whipped around him and the truck rattled and shook beneath him as he watched his great love, Hannah, being carried away through the sky towards the tallest tower. As Hudefa watched, he could see that the towers were becoming ever closer as the creature on which he stood rushed headlong towards them. Soon he felt the creature slowing, and gradually they came to a stop in a large, echoing building. Hodefa crouched and hid to see what would happen next. A door in the side of the creature opened, and a giant stepped out. He was huge and fat, 
with short white hair. His eyebrows were bushy with white bits in, like the stars in Hudefa's own coat, and he wore a bristly white moustache. His trousers were yellow and so large he could have put Hudefa in his pocket. Hudefa looked up. Above him, the towers of the building loomed up into the sky. As he watched, the dragon took Hannah in through the topmost window of the tallest of them. Then suddenly a huge hand clamped itself around him. Aha! What have we here? boomed the giant as he lifted Hudefa into the air. A new pet. He stuffed Hudefa into his pocket. You can come home with me, he said. Carrying Hudefa in his pocket, the giant climbed the hundreds of steps to the top of the tower. At the top, he opened a large door and stepped into a room with the widest window Hudefa had ever seen. The window was wide open, and the mists from the clouds swirled in and around them. Crouched in one corner was a huge dragon. Clutched beneath its claw was a large golden globe, and inside it was... Hannah, are you all right? Yes, she whinnied in return. He hasn't hurt me. Use your magic, cried Odefa. Get us out of here. I can't, said Hannah. This globe is made of pure gold, and that is the only thing that can stop my magic from working. The giant closed the door behind him and placed Odefa on the table. Odefa stamped and snorted and threatened him with his hooves, but the giant just laughed. I wish, I wish, stamped Hudefa. No, you don't, shouted Hannah. Not until you know what to wish for properly. The giant took a large wooden box from the corner of the room and half filled it with straw. He lifted Hudefa, still kicking and struggling, into it. That's your new home, said the giant. Now we're going for a nap, so please be quiet. As he stood up, the giant saw Hannah in the globe. You've captured another one, he said to the dragon. Now I won't have to beat you tonight. It's about time you were useful. There's no point in keeping useless dragons around. What are you good for, eh? Eh? The dragon looked ashamed of himself for keeping silent but hung the globe on a hook from the ceiling and followed his master out of the door. When the giant and the dragon had gone, Hudefa tried to get out of the box, but the sides were too high and the straw too springy. He stood on his hind legs and peered over the edge. Sitting on a corner behind the door was another dragon, she was a large female, but her red scales had lost their shine, and she looked pale and sad. As she watched Hudefa trying to jump out of the box, her eyes kept filling up with large tears that overspilled onto the floor. The area around her was soaked. "'Why are you crying?' asked Hudefa. The dragon stood up and came over to the table. "'Because I can't fly,' she said. Neither can I, said Hudefa, but I don't cry about it. I used to be the giant's favourite dragon, she said. 
but since the accident he now travels everywhere on that train he built. Is that the creature I rode on? asked Adafa. It's not a creature, said the dragon. It's a machine. And she began to cry again. Did you break your wings? asked Adafa. No, said the dragon. But since we crashed in a violent storm, I'm too afraid to fly. I'd like to fly too, but I'm not sure I'm brave enough, even if I could. I know. I wish, said Udefa. No, shouted Hannah from the globe, high up against the ceiling. I wish we were both brave enough to fly, said Udefa quickly. A strange feeling came over him then, as if the air was tickling him all over. A bright silver glow spread around him, and his skin felt as if it were on fire. The glow spread from Udefa to the dragon who flexed her wings and beat them loudly in the glowing air, sending all the mist in the room flying out of the window. As she beat her wings, her feet left the floor. I'm flying, she shouted. I'm flying. Now look what you've done, said Hannah. Now we'll never get out. Shush, said Udefa turning his head to see the beautiful black wings that had grown from his own back. He flapped them carefully and found himself rising into the air above the box. I'm flying, he shouted with glee. He flew through the room and landed on top of the globe. From there he could see the dragon hovering above the floor her wings flapping slowly in the vast room. Her scales were shining a brilliant ruby red, and Hudefa could see a glow in her chest, where a new fire was building. "'Thank you, little one,' said the dragon. "'My name is Shenala,' and she bowed deeply. "'Now I'll help you set your friend free, but first we need the key.' She folded her wings and settled to the floor. The giant has it around his neck on a string. Come with me. She carefully and quietly opened the door. Be careful, shouted Hannah. Shush, whispered Hudefa, as they crept quietly from the room. The big, ugly giant lay asleep on his great bed, where the dragon coiled at his feet for protection. Around his neck, was the piece of string that held a large golden key. Stay hidden, said the dragon. Odefa hid in the shadows underneath the bed. The dragon folded a wing around her brother's mouth, where he lay on the bed beside the giant, and whispered in his ear, Hush, Ranala, don't say a word. Get up slowly and come with me. Ranala climbed gently from the bed and followed her out of the room. Shenala led him to the room with the large window, and they perched together on the edge. I've got something to show you, she said, and slipped off the edge of the stone sill. Down and down and down she plummeted, falling like a stone through the air, further and further towards the deep water flowing around the castle. Sister! screamed Ranala, and launched himself downwards to save her. He beat his wings furiously, driving himself ever and ever faster downwards, shouting after her at the top of his voice, Sister, you can't fly! Down and down they went until he was sure that they would crash into the river and be destroyed forever. 
as the water quenched their dragon fire. At the very last moment, and with a loud snap that could be heard throughout the land, Shenala opened her wings and soared back up into the sky, twisting and rolling in the clear blue air. Around and around she flew until her brother became dizzy, just watching. Sister, he said, this is a miracle. No, she said, just a kind, magical wish from a very special little horse. Now, let us go back and set them free. Once the dragons had left the bedroom, Udafa came out from the shadows where he'd been hiding. He flapped his wings and flew up to where the giant lay sound asleep. Hovering above the giant's neck, he bit through the string. The key slid off onto the bed, and Udafa picked it up in his teeth and flew back to the globe with Hannah in. The key was so heavy that he couldn't hold still in the air long enough to put it into the lock. Allow me said a voice beside him. He turned around to see both dragons smiling at him. Ranala took the key from him and turned it in the lock. The door dropped down to make a little platform. As Hannah stepped onto it and out of the influence of the golden globe, the horn reappeared on her head. A unicorn! shouted Shanala with glee. I thought there were none left. We were right to help you. And I thought all the dragons were gone, said Hannah. At that, the dragons looked very sad. We are the last, they said. The giant quenched the fire of all the others one day in a temper, when one of us burnt his toast. At that moment, the door burst open, and the giant came in, clutching the broken piece of string. Aha, he shouted, you'll pay for this. He held up the piece of string. For helping them to escape, I'll take you down to the river and quench your fire forever. Then there will be no more dragons to bother me. Quickly, said Shenala, jump onto our backs and we will fly away. Hodefa and Hannah jumped onto the backs of the dragons and held on to the fiery manes with their teeth. The dragons launched themselves out of the window and plummeted down towards the ground. The giant leaned out of the window above them, shouting, You won't get away from me! He rushed down the stairs and jumped on board the train, which had been turned around, ready for his next journey. After them! he shouted. In a huge storm cloud of steam and smoke, the train lurched off along the tracks back towards the tunnel. As it steamed and blew and belched smoke so that the sky darkened above them, it gathered speed until it was gaining on the dragons. Faster, shouted Hannah into the wind. He's catching us. We must get to the tunnel first. I can't fly any faster, said Ranala, and neither can my sister. Holding tight on Shenala's neck, Hannah concentrated really hard and waited for a bright silver magic glow to appear on her horn. But nothing happened. I must still be too tired, she said. Down below, on the rails, the giant's train had now caught up and was directly underneath them, belching thick black smoke up into the air. Ranala and Odefa started coughing. I wish, said Odefa. Oh no, shouted Hannah. I wish, said Odefa, that we could at least fly fast enough to get out of this smoke. 
Suddenly, the bright silver fire enveloped them all again, and for every beat of the dragon's wings they flew twice as far. Soon they were beginning to fly ahead of the train until, Look, there's the tunnel, shouted Hannah. The tunnel mouth loomed large and black before them in the side of the hill. Below, the train was straining and smoking in an effort to beat them to it. The dragons folded their wings and fell like stooping hawks from the sky. With inches to spare, they zoomed into the entrance ahead of the train, which followed them, belching and snorting loudly like a huge creature in great pain. "'I can't see!' shouted Chenelar. Hannah concentrated really hard and found enough magic to make her horn glow with a bright light. Thank you, said the dragon, and they zoomed around the twists and turns of the tunnel with a train following hard behind them. Faster, shouted Ranelagh, as the train caught his tail, his scales singed and sizzled on the hot firebox at the front of the engine. Wow! Here, shouted Hannah, where the light is, go straight up. And as they entered the patch of light from the sky above the hole down which they had at first fallen, the dragons spread their wings as wide as the tunnel would allow, and with Hudefa and Hannah holding on for all they were worth, zoomed into a vertical climb that took them up the enormous hole and suddenly out into the clear blue sky above Hudefa's favourite meadow. They wheeled around in that sky, and the dragons could see below them the river and the trees that grew alongside it that would provide fuel for their fire. This is beautiful, said Shanelah, and Ranelagh just had to agree. Down below, in the tunnel, the train had come to a halt. The giant climbed on top of it and poked his head above the hole. Look, shouted Hudefa, he's following us. Hannah concentrated very hard. And now that she was back in her own land, her horn began to glow very, very brightly. There was a flash of silver fire from it that struck downwards to the ground. The earth around the hole arose like a huge ripple in a pond then threw itself down the hole, taking the giant with it. There was a loud rumble and a dirty puff of smoke and steam escaped from the earth just as it closed. The grass grew magically across it and within moments there was no way to tell that there had ever been a hole. That's the last we shall see of him said Hannah, then remembered something quite sad. But that also means you will not be able to go home, she said to the dragons. We don't want to, said Ranelagh. There are no giants here to bother us, so if you don't mind, I think we'll be happy to stay. The dragons spread their wings and settled slowly to the ground. Hodefa and Hannah climbed down to feel the clean grass beneath their hooves once more. We'd be happy too, if you would stay, they said. Thank you too for your magic, said the dragons. Without it we might not have got away. The magic is very hard to do, said Hannah. It is really made for someone much stronger than I. I thought it might have been as easy as flying, said Ranelagh. Well, that's the one thing I would most like to be able to do, said Hannah.
I would give up all my magic for that. She looked wistfully at the beautiful wings that furled and unfurled slowly on Hudefa's back. I know, said Hudefa. I wish... Oh, no, said Hannah quickly. You only have one left. I know, said Hudefa. And I will be very careful with it. I wish, he began. Then whispered the rest of it, very softly, to himself. That was A Wish for Wings, a story inspired by Hudefa and Hannah. And I'd like to think that we can all guess what Hudefa wished for at the end there. So if you're enjoying these stories that I'm putting out, don't forget to tell all your friends, your parents, put it out on Facebook, Twitter, tell your school if you think uh, your school might like it. And let's start a community. So don't worry, there are plenty more stories to come. But that's all for this week. So it's a goodbye from me and a... From Nelly. Bye-bye.